This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, it's The Agenda. I'm Christian Walsh and with me is Joel Rabinovich. And uh, today we are talking about Liverpool's midfield. It feels like we've spoken already, what, what is it, three games already into the season, two into the Premier League season, about the goalkeeper, about Alison Becker, Adrian and Andy Lonergan. It feels like we've spoken about the front three of Mo Salah, Sadio Mane and Roberto Firmino. And of course, it feels like we've spoken about the defence and the fact that it's not as granite and as uh, firm as it was last season so far. So let's talk about the midfield, the one thing that we haven't really touched upon, Joel. And how how are you seeing it in terms of the makeup of it so far this season? Jürgen has, has pretty much used almost all of his options. We'll talk about those options in a little bit, but he's pretty much used everybody, um, bar Adam Lallana. So how how are you seeing it shaping up so far? I think if you look at kind of the starting eleven as it is now, I think the back five really, if you've got the keeper in the back four, there's always a, a Matip Gomez conversation, but you know that Van Dyke, Robertson and Trent are going to play most of the games and the keeper, if Alisson's fit, is going to start and if not, it's going to be Adrian. The front three is mostly going to be the front three unless there's injury or kind of one of them really needs a rest. I think the midfield is that one area in the team which is the most interchangeable. Um, you obviously saw that against Southampton. He started three players who didn't play uh, or didn't start against Chelsea in midweek. Um, which I guess is one of the positives from that performance is that he was able to take three players out and change them all up. And obviously Oxlade-Chamberlain did start against Chelsea, but he was on the wing. So he's changed his midfield completely there. Liverpool came through and got the result. Um, and that's probably the part of a squad where we've got the most depth, I'd say, at the moment. He's got six or seven kind of established first-team options there. Um, I think in terms of the big games, and if we're looking ahead to Arsenal... I think probably Klopp is thinking that he wants to start Fabinho and Henderson plus one more in most of these games um, because you've got those, you've got Henderson's leadership and what he gives you going forward now. Fabinho is the best option, I think, in that number six role. And then you need one more who can give you something creatively going forward, which I think we'll come on to. But Oxo chamberlain was a real positive from Southampton. Um, but it is the area of the pitch, I feel like, is the least settled at the moment. And I think when we're talking about Liverpool's defensive problems, a lot of that stems from the spaces in midfield and the lack of protection they've been offering. So it's far from perfect, but he's got so many choices there. Um, but I think he, he will stumble on, on the right combinations for specific games. Do you feel that's by design as well? Because I always think back to uh, Neil Atkinson wrote a piece for LFC Stories actually in, in a couple of weeks ago and about how Manchester United always used to, under uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, used to rotate a lot in the midfield. He'd have his front three, which was Tevez, Rooney, Ronaldo. He'd have his settled back five. Um, but then in midfield, you've got all sorts. You had Anderson, you had Jisung Park, you had Darren Fletcher, you had basically, you know, Paul Scholes, you know, those type of players. Do you feel like the mid- the Midfield is like this by design where it is very much a horses for courses approach where Klopp can assess and say, right, OK, Liverpool are playing Arsenal this week, so therefore I'm going with this makeup of midfield, whereas to play Manchester City away next week, I'm going to go with this makeup of the midfield. I think so. If Klopp wanted to buy a number 10, for example, I know Jamie Carragher last night was speaking about James Madison and how he thinks he'd be an ideal kind of number 10 because Liverpool don't have a player like that. But I think if Klopp really did want that sort of kind of silky attacking midfielder then he probably would have gone out and bought one this summer um, there wasn't really much noise about that at all obviously the Coutinho thing everyone was talking about but Liverpool didn't want him back I think there's a very conscious decision there that Klopp wants six or seven 
guys in midfield who can basically do a lot of different jobs really well and not necessarily specialise in one thing. Um, I think maybe Naby Keita might be the exception to that. It's obviously very frustrating that we don't have him at the moment with the injury. It's, it's bad timing because I think it was a strong chance he would have started the last couple of games, at least against Chelsea. Um, and you could see you can see the hole in the team there for him. He's the one who's kind of got a bit of, he's got that extra kind of spark really um, in terms of creativity and defensively he's also very influential. Um, but I think Oxo chamberlain coming back so quickly after that kind of disappointing left-wing experiment against Chelsea to see that he still can make a real contribution in midfield. Um, you know, early on he made that driving run through and he was a little bit quiet, I thought, in the first half, but he really came into it in that spell when Liverpool were dominating um, and he looked really sharp and fit and that was good for him uh, to kind of get his confidence back. But I think, yeah, Klopp wants to have that kind of the option to kind of play any one of any three of those seven, really, I think, in midfield. Um, and especially having players like Genie Wijnaldum, who can essentially he played up front. I know it didn't work that well at the new Camp last season, but he can play further forward, off the left in an attacking role or as a number six. You know, Henderson's played all kinds of roles in midfield. I think it's definitely the case that he wants guys who he can pretty much ask to do any tactical role. I think Wayne Alder might actually be Liverpool's number four goalkeeper at the moment, yeah. the way things Paul are Milner. going. Yeah, Hall yeah, Milner, get yeah. the gloves on, Jimmy Milner. I saw a bit of a debate around after the Southampton game, and I, 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 it was just one tweet, but it sort of went, you know, as, as I can do on social media, everyone was commenting on it. And basically, the question was, you know, do you think anybody in this Liverpool midfield is good enough to get into the midfields of Manchester United? Well, what I say about that is Scott McTominay. Um, you know, Arsenal, again, Granit Xhaka, um, Manchester City, Chelsea, that kind of, you know, basically what they're saying is, is, is the midfield good enough? But do, do, do you. F- I'll go ahead and say it. I won't do a load of questions to you. I think basically that Liverpool don't necessarily need that type of midfield because they get the creativity from the front three and they get the creativity from the fullbacks. So the onus isn't always on the midfield to create. Yes, it'd be great as, a, as an added bonus, and that's where someone like Naby Keita or Oxley Chamberlain could maybe come into their own. But it's a question like that is ignoring the function of Klopp's midfield and the function of Klopp's midfield for me is the fact that it gives the platform for the fullbacks to bomb on and also for the front three to thrive higher up the pitch I think that's definitely the case I think the, primarily the job of that midfield three is not to kind of not to do what Bernardo Silva De Bruyne and David Silva do at Man City uh, and be kind of the main creative force of the attack obviously last season the fullbacks numbers were unbelievable and I, I do think there's a question there about if they can't necessarily replicate the number of assists or teams are finding a way to limit them. I think we've seen that so far, mm-hmm. but both Trent and Robertson, I know Trent got his assist against against Norwich, but neither of them have really been able to consistently get in the positions they were last season. That might come with time, but I do think there's a, there's a question there about relying too much on the fullbacks as our only real creativity. That said, yeah, the midfield is there to kind of primarily provide the platform for the front three. Um but I do feel there are games, for example, you look at Norwich, um, it was what, Fabinho, Henderson and was it Milner? I think he started against Norwich on the opening day. Might have been Wijnaldum, but either way, people would see that as a workman-like trio um, and not kind of loads of natural creativity. And yet in the first half, Liverpool scored four goals. They penned Norwich back. So I think they have a very different way of kind of exerting pressure. It's by dominating high up the pitch, filling the spaces, pressing intelligently. They're not going to take the ball and dribble past two or three players like a Bernardo Silva or De Bruyne might do or find an unbelievable pass out of nowhere. That's what Trent can do out wide. Um, but I think 
that's why I think fans are always going to feel a little bit dissatisfied with the midfield as it is because there isn't one kind of eight or nine out of ten player. There's a lot of very reliable, kind of solid players there who are not necessarily spectacular, um, who do a job that Klopp needs for the system as a whole. I think that's kind of primarily their their job. That said, the caveat is I think long term, hopefully Naby Keita can be that kind of the worldy I think that we are missing because there are games where you feel if Liverpool are struggling to break down or the front three is not quite at it, you feel like the midfield's a little bit blunt and it's not really kind of chipping him of enough. So I think there's definitely scope for improvement there. Naby Keita definitely needs to get fist. A player who hasn't really played many minutes he played 11 in the in the community shield um, and, and that's the last we've seen of him is Adam Lallana you mentioned about Southampton and the fact that it came you know basically 72 hours after the, the Chelsea game the gruelling Chelsea game in Istanbul and yeah Jürgen Klopp turns to Jordan Henderson off the bench who played 120 minutes in Turkey instead of Adam Lallana late on against Southampton a lot of noise was being made around Lallana by, by Jürgen Klopp really um, in in, in pre-season um, to be fair to, to Jürgen that's because he played them as a number six and naturally the question came what's, what's going on here Adam Lallana's playing as a number six we haven't seen this before um, you know even liking them at one point to Jorginho um, so why haven't we seen any of Adam Lallana yet will we see any of Adam Lallana and when do you think we will see a bit of Adam Lallana do you want to see a bit of Adam Lallana I think there is a role for him this season if he can stay fit and be available. I think that's that's mainly been his biggest problem is that when you do want to use him, he's just not able to get himself on the pitch because of his niggling injuries. So far, that's not been an issue. So I hope he, he is still an option. Um, I am quite surprised we've not seen him at all so far. I thought, given what happened with midweek and going the distance against Chelsea, I thought we would see him. I thought he might start against Southampton or at least come on for the last 20 minutes or half an hour just to kind of help see it out because, you know, he's, he has got his flaws, Alana, we all know what they are, but one thing he is very good at is taking time out of a game, calming things down, keeping hold of a ball well. Um, and I thought he would have been useful in that scenario. So I was a little bit surprised not to see him in a starting lineup given what the, the players went through in, in midweek. Uh, and then, like you said, although Klopp did change the starting midfield three, he still turned to Henderson beforehand and Fabinho came on. Um, these guys did 120 minutes. Lalana's completely fresh, hasn't played. Um, and it's well documented how much the manager likes Lalana. You know, early in the Klopp era, he was one of his kind of go-to players, one of the first names on the team sheet. And while he has dropped down the pecking order as Liverpool have improved, he's still a player that the manager trusts tactically to kind of do a job. So I am surprised. I do think there will be games where he will be useful um, whether it is kind of a case of last 15, 20 minutes, you need them to come down and slow things down or increase the tempo. And I think the number six thing is interesting because I think that's been, it's been a bit of a problem, I think, so far this season with the six being kind of so isolated with one player and then two well ahead of the ball, basically, and leaving so much space for usually Fabinho to cover by himself. Um, but I think in certain games, you won't be seeing Lalana start as a number six against Arsenal, for example. I'd be shocked if that happens. Um, but if we're playing at home against a newly promoted team or a lower mid-table team and he needs someone who kind of receives the ball and turns in tight spaces under pressure and can pick a pass, I think maybe Lalana in games where we're dominating the ball could be an option there. Um, so I, I still see him being used this season. But as I said, I'm, I'm surprised I haven't seen any of him so far. So we go on to Arsenal and you mentioned before, you know, Fabinho and Henderson mm. pretty much look like they are, you know, you'd expect them to come back into the side. Who would you have as that third midfielder? 
if I was to pick a midfield for Arsenal, yeah, I would be going for Bino Henderson. And I, I, there's a difference between what I think and what Klopp will do. I think he will pick Wijnaldum as the third one because I that's the midfield will. that started a Community Shield, started a Champions League final. I think that's his go-to trusted trio now. If it was me, off the back of what happened against Southampton, and I think the fact that Arsenal's defence is there to be got at, I would quite like to see Oxlade-Chamberlain just go again because he's got that confidence. He would have felt really happy with himself getting through that Southampton game and the way he performed in that second half. And he's obviously going to want to make an impression against his former team and, and show why they didn't give him enough options in or enough opportunities in central midfield um, and show what he can do there. So off the back of Southampton, I feel like kind of riding that momentum with Chamberlain as the kind of most advanced one would be what I'd like to see. But I'm expecting the the tried and trusted trio. I go along with Oxley Chamberlain because I, I feel like Liverpool's fullbacks are going to have to be a little bit more defensive minded against mm. what could be a front three of Lacazette, Aubameyang and, and Pepe. We've seen a lot so far this season where, especially against Manchester City at Wembley, that long ball over the over the head of Trent, over the head of Robert Robertson, they're going to have to sort of stay back a little bit, I think. And, and as we were saying before, if you cut off that creativity from the full-backs higher up the pitch, where does that come from? Yeah. Are you going to get it enough with Fabinho Henderson, Wijnaldum or Milner, whoever? For me, no, not really. So I think that's where you need... To, I think Keita would have been absolutely fantastic in this sort of scenario, yeah. but unfortunately he's injured. So I think it has to be Oxlade-Chamberlain. I've, the other thing with Oxlade-Chamberlain as well, even though he is kind of more naturally attacking inclined than the rest of the midfielders that we mentioned there, he does put in a really good shift defensively. I thought against Southampton, there were times there where he filled in really intelligently for Trent when he was going forward. He dropped into that right back space. There was one, I think it was in the first half when he tracked back all the way back into his own box and made a really important tackle, led to a corner. But he has got that to his game as well. So he's not just that kind of creative spark, but he, you can rely on him to kind of be where he needs to be and fill in off the ball. So yeah, he, he'd be my pick, I think, for the weekend. So that's it. That's the midfield deconstructed and analysed. Um, let us know what you think about the midfield. You know, who would you play against Arsenal? Let, leave us some comments uh, below. And if you want to subscribe to the Blood Red YouTube channel, just go ahead and give that button a little click. Uh, I've been Christian Walsh. This is Joel Rabinovitz. And uh, we'll, we'll see you very soon. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.